Hello, Superstar Superhost. Did you miss me? Well, I'm back with some exciting and informative episodes for season two. Between the holiday season, a booming short-term rental business, some long-term renovations, launching a private website, and opening our third Airbnb property, I have been insanely busy. But I have finally found the time to get back to producing this podcast. A special shout out to all of those who hung in there and continue to support me while I was away. Thank you, and let's fill this year with more properties, more bookings, and more short-term rental success. Welcome to another episode of the Superstar Superhost, hosted by me, Lola, a five-star superhost and Airbnb ambassador. Follow the journey on Instagram at Lux House and Home, and keep in touch to learn about updates to our properties and how you can join our Lux Loyalty Rewards program. Now, on with the show. So I'm very happy to report that it has been over a year since the August 2019 start to our short-term rental business, and within that time, we have managed to host over 100 guests, and we have added a third property to our portfolio, but more on that in a different episode. For today, I want to talk about what I've learned. I'm hoping that this will serve not only as my much-anticipated comeback to the podcast world, but it will also help a lot of other hosts out there who are just getting started and are still in the research phase. Let's start with the lighter, more basic things that I originally didn't think were a big deal, but now I know better. These things typically became known to me through the private feedback that a guest leaves me in a review. For example, the need for a full-length mirror. Yep, you would think that I would have thought of that all this time, but I suppose I didn't think it all that necessary for guests who were only in and out for a few days at a time. All of our properties have selfie mirrors in the bathrooms, and they also have the occasional decorative mirror in one room or another, but we never had a full-length head-to-toe mirror in either of the homes. So I finally went out and found a beautiful and quite affordable full-length mirror that actually comes with its own stand for under $60 at Marshall's. They match the existing decor very well, and they are easy to move around. After I put them in the homes, I was still skeptical that anyone would even bother to use them. Well, I was wrong. After the first guest and the subsequent guest since then, it is quite obvious that the mirrors are greatly appreciated and definitely being used. I can tell from the fingerprints on the mirror, the hair on the base of the mirror, the clothing price tags all around the base of the mirror, and the fact that the mirror has been moved to an entirely different part of the house. So yeah, I would say it was a very, very smart investment. Another basic yet important thing that I've learned is that we've been providing way too many snacks. I know what you're thinking. Can you really have too many snacks? Yes. Yes, you can. Evident by all the snacks that are left over reservation after reservation. We currently provide two tiers of snacks, premium and regular. Our premium snacks include chocolate-covered almonds and gourmet Albanese gummy bears. They're provided in glass jars sealed with shrink wrap. Our regular snacks range anywhere from bags of chips to Hershey's bars, Nutter Butters, Oreo cookies, and Nutri-Grain cereal bars. Most of those get consumed, but hardly ever to completion. And so I've concluded that we are simply offering too much. I'm pulling it back to the premium snacks and three regular snacks. We also provide a bottle of wine and bottled water in the fridge. On a related note, I often get asked how we fund our wine and snack amenities. I take it out of the cleaning fee. We charge $75 for cleaning, but only pay $60 to housekeeping, which is well above working wage. And the remaining $15 goes into a snack and wine fund. This is a smart way of keeping the fund growing and not having to come out of pocket to provide an extra amenity when needed. For example, maybe you want to provide a bottle of champagne for a guest who is celebrating something special. The last thing that is not a huge deal, but still worth mentioning, is towel management. If you've hosted for any length of time, 
you know that towel maintenance can be a nightmare if not handled correctly. Here's what I did and what I do now. Before, I would buy enough towels for each guest to have two per stay. Then I would triple that so there would always be enough towels on hand to cover the group. But what happens if you get those guests who use every single full towel, every single hand towel, and every single washcloth? They use them for everything. Makeup removal, mopping the floor, sitting on the grass outside, dyeing their hair. Oh, you name it, I've seen it. This means that there will come a time when a towel will simply need to be sacrificed to the bucket of cleaning rags. After a year of this, I decided to start building a towel reserve. So anytime I'm out and about shopping for whatever and white towels are sold there, I buy two. Yep, I just keep buying two towels about once a month whether I need them or not. It doesn't cost much, you know you'll eventually need them, and it saves you a ton of time when you're in a pinch and realize that those guests did those things to the existing towels and you need to get the home turned over quickly. Let's move on to some things that are a little bit more meaningful in terms of changes that I've made within the past year and that I believe will start to benefit me greatly. If you're an Airbnb host that owns a property with its own private yard, then you have probably experienced the nightmare of a guest parking their entire car on your grass. This is a huge pet peeve of mine, not only because I warn the guests well ahead of time and multiple times that one of the house rules is to never park on the grass. I even let them know that a fine will be imposed by the county if they park on the grass. However, every now and again, there is someone who thinks that parking on the grass of another person's home is perfectly appropriate. Well, it's not. And so after a year and a half, I have decided to purchase signs for each property that say, Please do not park on the grass. They come with metal stakes and you just stick them into the grass in the most visible area possible. Will it work? I don't know yet, but I'm positive that it's better than nothing. Apparently, it's not common knowledge that parking on someone's grass is a big no-no. So if this sign doesn't solve the issue, then I really don't know how else I could get that message across. But taking all suggestions. As usual, I will leave links in the show notes where I purchased any of the items mentioned in this episode. The next thing that I'm about to talk about is something I've actually always done, but I think it's worth mentioning because of how well it works. We'll get into that right after this short break. I am happy to say that I am now an Airbnb ambassador. That means Airbnb has deemed me worthy of recruiting and coaching new hosts to the platform. As part of the sharing community, I can't wait to dive in. If you or someone you know is ready to host a listing on Airbnb, please reach out to me and make the process easier, faster, and more fun. Simply shoot me an email with the link in the show notes. All right, we're back. So what's the one thing I've been doing since we started our short-term rental business and it still works wonders? Asking for the review. I have a few signs throughout the house that tells the guests how to operate certain things or where to find essential items or whatever I think they would need to know, but it may not be obvious. Whatever the sign, I always end the note with, we aim to please and we appreciate your five-star review. This may not seem significant, but if you think of it from a psychological standpoint, the repeated nature of not only asking for a review, but specifying a five-star review will encourage the guests to do exactly that when it's time to leave the review on the app after checkout. 
A good host, a good business person, a good leader takes the time to not only look ahead, but also look back and study what worked and what didn't work. I can tell you that after over 100 guests and still maintaining five-star status, that asking for a five-star review whenever and wherever you can is a winning strategy. The next key learning that I've picked up in the past year is how to best handle pricing. I briefly touched on this in the past, but for the sake of the episode, please understand that there is no good to come from the set it and forget it pricing strategy. In fact, I wouldn't call that a strategy at all. I've always been an advocate of dynamic pricing tools such as Beyond Pricing, which is what I swear by. I speak more in depth about this in a previous episode, so do check that out when you can. Great information there. For today, what I learned about dynamic pricing is that even though the tool itself does so much of the heavy lifting for you in terms of aggregating a ton of information to help price your property at the optimal nightly rate, I still need to go into the tool and make adjustments based on what I'm experiencing on a local level and an individual host level. The tool can only predict so much, but you the host are living the actual day-to-day activity of the property. You know if or when you're getting booked too quickly or too often, and that could be tied to your base price being set too low. You also know if you are slowing down in bookings at an unusual time to be slow, and that could relate to your pricing being too high. The data and metrics provided within the dynamic pricing tool do give you a fair amount of insight into base pricing strategy, but you have to actively go into it and make those changes. You have to actively read the data and interpret it and cater it to your individual property or properties. For many months, I was setting my base prices and just letting things do what they do from there. And that was okay for a while, but then COVID-19 hit and booking suddenly stopped. Then they picked up quickly, then leveled out. But the entire time, I should have made my base pricing adjustments to reflect what was happening in the environment. Also, after being in the business for over a year, it's easier to look back and figure out how much to raise your prices now that you have more reviews and more visibility on Airbnb. Okay, so we have arrived at my final and most important thing that I've learned and confirmed in the past year, and that is staying on top of your home maintenance. It is paramount. We all know from living in our own homes that wear and tear left unattended will eventually turn into little catastrophes and even major repair projects. The beauty of short-term rental properties is that you have the freedom to get in and out of them pretty regularly, which means you have the chance to see small wear and tears as it's happening, and you can tend to these things quickly. For example, a little crack in the wall or the ceiling can be investigated and repaired sooner, Light fixtures can be cleaned out, deep cleaning such as shampooing furniture and carpets, and wiping down dust from baseboards can be arranged. Also, changing out light bulbs, replacing batteries and remotes and smoke detectors, and keypads. If your property has a slow month, I advise scheduling all the maintenance repairs during that time. Make good use of the slow period and keep the home in tip-top shape. A rule of thumb is to keep the home looking and running as if it was when you first took the photos of the home for the listing. That's what the guest sees first, and that is what they expect to see upon arrival. That being said, and in conclusion of this episode, I will say that the number one ultimate thing that I have learned in this year-long experience of being an Airbnb super host across three properties, hosting over 100 guests across 350 nights, receiving over 120 all-five-star reviews, and being invited to serve as an Airbnb ambassador is... I really, really love this business. 
Thank you again for listening and learning how to be a superstar superhost. Please share this podcast with everyone you know, and of course, subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Until next time, socialize with us at Lux House and Home.